said it took me 10 minutes to get in the door, 10 minutes to get upstairs, threw up in the toilet, fell asleep. Um, I've heard a little bit of this story, actually, from Mitchell. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Madhouse, the number one podcast for horror reviews, bullshit, and booze. My name is Joey, and with me today, he's been converted to the devil worshipping cult. Now we just need to wait for him to get married and pop out the spawn of Satan. It's Jimmy Faulkner. What did you just call me? Jimmy Faulkner. Right. I thought you called me a C word. Oh, the, the devil worshipping C word was cult. Uh, cult. Cult. <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm all right. How are you? All right, thank you. We just had a weird thing where the, we dropped out mid-sentence on an intro, so round two. Well, that's what we call a rehearsal, isn't it? Yeah. We'll be right on the it's night. what we did in Headstone Horrors. We'll do it on the night, innit? Yeah. Yeah. It works. You've got a big gig coming up. It's a gig. It's on a stage and, like, everything. It's... It's not on a stage, but I, it, I wouldn't call it a big gig. Okay. I think because I, we, we've been fucked. We've been fucked over, basically. Have you? Why? Yeah. Well, you know when we you know when we won it? Yeah. And we were like, the, the prize was, oh, you get to open on the main stage. Yeah. Wasn't it? That was the prize. Yeah. No, we're not opening the main stage. Oh, why not? We're on at, we're on at midnight. Tomorrow night, midnight till yeah. one, on basically the same kind of stage we were on before. But it'll be fun. It's going to be good. I'm not slagging it off. We won't. We won't say what the festival is. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you want to find Hairston Hodge and watch them play tomorrow night, you just have to turn up at a venue and hope that's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Nah, be good. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm not playing anymore. Just for the few people that might care. Uh, we're all still BFFs and stuff. <laughs> Absolute. But uh, yeah, I was playing when we won that festival and I saw that it was coming up and I was like, aww. 12am <laughs> we're on tomorrow. Yeah. 12am. Well, have fun then. Until 1 in the morning. At a random venue somewhere in the UK. Yes. Correct. Cool. Doing Pardon? Gegness. You can plug the actual thing if you want. Yeah, because they won't fucking hear it. It's the Great British Alternative Festival. <laughs> and they're completely fucked over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this, ain't gonna, this is going to come out after, so don't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Right, Rosemary's Baby. Yes. Uh, Rosemary's Bitch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's my... That's my... That's my screen name today, Rosemary's Bitch. And Jimmy is Strongbow's Baby. <laughs> yeah. We always do uh, try and do some funny name related to the film. 
I'm going to start posting them online. Just for shits and giggles. Right, Absolutely. did you like the film, Jimmy? Yes, sort of. Okay. I will elaborate a little bit more. Like, well, did you like the film? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a long one, isn't it? It's like two hours 17. Yeah, it's long. And that falls into me. It's kind of an arty, arty film, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's more about direction and stuff like that than it is about nice content, I think. It's like, oh, let's get this shot of this. Yeah, see what you mean. Do you know what I mean? It reminds me of, like, uh, Kubrick doing, like, The Shining or something, trying to turn, like, a nice little horror film into an arty thing to, like, win awards. But The Shining was great. The film, yeah, mm, yeah, okay. Sort uh, of. This was uh, one of Kubrick's favourite films, actually. Now you, now you mentioned Stanley. Of course it, fuck it. There you go. Of course it was. So, uh, yeah, there is a link. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I Sixties as well, not... though, isn't it? When everyone was like Andy Warhol, artsy fartsy filmmaking. Yeah, good point. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, this was what nineteen sixty-eight. Yes, nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, it came out in sixty-nine of. January 24th, 1969. In the UK. Filmed in 1968. Oh, okay. Yes, in the UK. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, directed by Polanski. Roman Polanski, as we said. Yes. Previously. Do you have anything else you want to say before Paragraph? Um, no, not really. I think I can, I can wait a little minute for other stuff. So if we delve straight into the Paragraph, which still does not have a good name, just the Paragraph. Starting to sound good though. It's catchy now for me. And then we'll do the paragraph. The paragraph. I like the paranormal graph. I thought that was good. Oh yeah, that's good. The paranormal graph. Right, we'll call it that from now on then. Right, let me have a sip of me cider. What are you on? Dark fruits. Strongbow. Dark fruits. Go on, let's get that endorsement. Had some uh, homemade. Flat cider. Oh, a few nights ago, a uh, house party down the road from me, and I chundered all over the place. Yes, exercising your own demon. (laughs) (laughs) Passed out, head down the toilet. Nice. At their house, and then I got up. Had to get a friend to come pick me up from the house to walk me home because I knew I wasn't going to be getting home. Matt. Yeah. He'd already gone from the party. I called him back to come and get me. He walked me back. Sam said it took me 10 minutes to get in the door. 10 minutes to get upstairs. Threw up in the toilet. Fell asleep. Um, I've heard a little bit of this story, actually, from Mitchell. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know a little bit about how he got you home. And, um, <laughs> when I was believe that? you got... Very recent. Uh, you've got a skip in your driveway, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was the skip there? When... Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. It sounded good. It sounded like you had a good time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Right. I'll start it off. It's Rosemary's baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse move into a new apartment in the Bramford building in Manhattan. Their old landlord, Edward 
Hutch Hutchins attempts to dissuade them from doing so because the building has an unsavory history. They discover that the neighbors are a very friendly and incredibly nosy elderly couple named Roman and Minnie Castavet. Castavet? I say Castavet. Castavet. I'm going to say Castavet. That's how they pronounce it in the films. Yeah, sure. Whose young tenant mysteriously falls to her death from the seventh floor. After a dinner party with the Castavets guy, a fail actor begins to spend a lot of time in the neighbor's apartment. Rosemary and Guy decide to have a baby. Well, Guy decided to have a baby. They have a celebratory dinner with dessert made for them by the odd neighbors. After an odd tasting mousse, Rosemary becomes dizzy and passes out. She has a very vivid dream about being surrounded by her neighbours, their friends and her husband, ending in a slightly uncomfortable sex bit with a strange clawed beast. Yeah, she got raped by something very weird. Basically. Yes, but we don't know if it's a dream or real at the moment. When Rosemary finds out she is pregnant, Guy seems to be getting the roles of a lifetime. All while Rosemary is suffering with constant pain and paranoia. Rosemary is convinced that her neighbours are witches and want to eat her newborn baby in some dark ritual. She escapes the Bramford building but gets sold out by her old doctor. Drugged and dragged back to the Bramford, Rosemary goes into labour. After Rosemary wakes up from her drug-induced sleep, Guy informs her that she has lost the baby. Over the coming days, she hears cries from her baby. Convinced her baby is still alive, she manages to make... It's into the neighbor's apartment. Armed with a kitchen knife, she is greeted with a crowd of people all shouting, Hail Satan! And in the corner, a black cloth covered cot. And inside was Rosemary's baby. The spawn of Satan! Hail, Hail Satan! Satan! Banging choreograph there. Thanks. I'm a bit annoyed because I've put a couple of words together that are all the same in my sentences. Do you want to redo it? Or should I just make no, it more obvious really. in the edit? Nah, make it more obvious, wouldn't it? But there we go. Sweet. Right, frights and delights then, Jimmy. Frights and delights. Oh! I just got my hair done by Vidal Sassoon, and it looks like a fright. But I tell you what a delight is. This lovely little bit of raw liver. It's fries and delight! <laughs> wow. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Right, my, uh, my first thing is a fright. And it's that fucking annoying intro lullaby. Which is sang by Mia Farrow. And I yeah. get it, but it, it wasn't it wasn't great. Yeah, this is the part of the bit that is one of the parts of the films that annoys me about it. The artsiness. The artsy the artsy yeah, the artsiness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not much else to say about the intro, except that it was sang by Mia. It's uh Yeah, it's what it is. They could have they could have cut that intro down. Yeah. Couldn't they? Because that was a long intro of that waffle. Yeah. And I get it. It's panning over Manhattan. Yeah. Wherever it is. 
And obviously, at the end, the same thing happens, doesn't it? It pans out over yeah. Manhattan again with that fucking lullaby in it. Yeah. Well, I could do without it. But again, we're, we're sitting here in 2021 judging that. Maybe at the time, it was like, oh. Yeah, we're not on LSD like everyone was back then. That's true. Not off my tits yet. Maybe we should watch it on LSD sometime. Maybe. Might even be the most boringest two hours, 20 minutes of our lives. We'll just get distracted and do something else. <laughs> That's true. Pass me the guitar. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one's. Uh, it's supposed to be a fright, but I think it's a delight because it's a nice little interesting thing. Polanski and John Cassavetes uh, did not get on. Who played Guy? They didn't get yes. on with each other. Right. Mia Farrow said Cassavetes uh, did not like the strict, regimented, structured style of filmmaking that Polanski opted for. Not that that's me uh, ad-libbing what she said. <laughs> They're not how is that word. He preferred more improv. And Polanski later said uh, not guilty as he fled to Russia. No, sorry, that's a different story. <laughs> different story. Polanski later said Kestafetz uh, was a pain in the ass. Marvellous. Yeah. Was a pain in the ass. I don't, I don't think he's been in much decent films, has he? No, I've not really seen him in anything else. I kind of recognised his face. But I think maybe that's because I saw him in like an episode of Columbo or something. Probably. I did think he had one of those uh, classic Hollywood faces. Yeah, basically. I don't, yeah. With that Hollywood They did smile. think about getting... They did think about getting Jack Nicholson to play it. Yeah? To play that character, uh, Guy Woodhouse. They Would that have about, worked? But, uh, no. That's why, they, that's why he didn't get the role. Because he already had... Jack Jack's Nicholson's already got that, like, sinister look in his eyes. Yeah. And he's got that smile. Now, like, come on, honey. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be too obvious. Yeah. It's too obvious. A role for him, and even when even Jack Nicholson in 1968, he's he had that, yeah, eyes piercing yeah, yeah. eyes and big smile. He was good friends with Roman Polanski. Uh, Polanski, uh, apparently took a uh, young girl around to Jack Nicholson's house to meet Jack Nicholson, who wasn't in, so they went into the house and got in the hot tub together and uh, did some stuff. Oh of, wow! One of the rumors about Polanski. Well, ho- well, hopefully Nicholson doesn't know anything about that. No, I don't think he did. Good. I think he was aiming to show off by showing right Jack Nicholson, uh, and he wasn't in. But he said, well, "This is how good friends we are." He let himself in. Right? Is this after his wife got murdered or his girlfriend got? This murdered? is before Sharon Tate got murdered. Before Sharon Tate, right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Dutty. Yeah. Dutty, weird man. Uh, the baby's due date in this film is June 1966, which is 666. Yes, this that's lovely. does seem to be the, the only reason the film was set in 1966 rather than 1968 when the film was made. They're making I it like s- that, though. 68, and they were like, oh, we'd have made this film two years earlier. And Plasma yeah. was like, who's to say we didn't? Selling yeah. 66. That's why we pay him the big money. 
Yeah. I like that, though. I like that. That's a nice little touch. Yeah. The uh, original edit for this film, which I seem to hear a lot about films having really long edits, and then why has that not been released, especially for something big like this? It came in over four hours. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't want to see the uncut version. I would uh, watch it as like four episodes of an hour long. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you break it down into a box set, a mini series. Yeah, yeah, mini series. Maybe do it forty-five minutes though. Hours pretty long. Yeah, right. Just cut that fifty minutes off. It's just like a House on the Haunted Hill thing. Is it released on Netflix? Polanski couldn't bring himself to cut it because he loved all the scenes in the finished product. So he gave the task of trimming the film to editor Sam O'Steen. Sam then went on to direct the sequel that no one I know has ever watched uh, called Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby, released in 1976. I've not seen that. No, I've not seen that, but we definitely see that one sequel. It's Look Who's Talking Now. Oh, God. With the little talking babies. Yeah, Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking too. Spelled T-O-O with a sibling. Wow. Oh, funny. Sammy loves those films. They're good. Good films. They're, they're not. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think so. He gave, he gave the job of cutting it up to the editor. Yeah. He didn't get involved in it. No. Right. Because there are some little bits in this film that just seem really, like, random. Okay. Like, just, I will explain one, where she's at Dr. Hill's, and he's taken her blood, and she just randomly goes, we've gone to see the Fantastics. Yes. That's literally what she says. And the thing is, and then I think in the book, and I'm sure Polanski probably filmed it, is where her and I think the girl who jumps out of the window go to the theatre to see a uh, play called the fantastic yeah which is about uh the i think it's kind of about kind of a little bit foreshadowing what happened to um rosemary so i think it's kind of rapey and a bit controlly pregnant yeah controlly pregnancy thing i think that's what that play was about but then it's just her randomly going oh we went to the fantastics and the bloke goes how was it oh yeah and that's it so i don't think that needed to be in it no uh, yeah no i i heard the uh filmed that scene and it got cut yeah not seen it when it's released as a but... six-part netflix documentary yeah. documentary Series. We'll watch the it. other hour and yeah, the other hour and fifty minutes that are left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got uh, two more. Okay. The uh, William Castle was convinced that there was a Rosemary's Baby curse. Nice. I had listed the reasons, and for some reason, I've got rid of them again, so I can't remember them. Can you remember any of the things that happened? I can remember a couple. A curse. Okay. Now, we love Willem Castle, don't we? Yes. From House on Haunted Hill. Yes. The Tingler. 
Yes. And he was down to, well, he or he wanted to direct it. Yeah. So I think, just imagine if it was a William Castle film rather than a Roman Polanski Yeah, that film. would be have a good... Uh, he'd have Vincent Price in it, clearly. Or don't be a It'd bit be old, Vincent Price's guy. <laughs> or Roman. He'd be a bit old for it, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he'd be the weird neighbour. Yeah, I think he'd be Roman. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, did we so, ever do I The think... Tingler, just before you go on? Did we cover the... Did we do an episode on The Tingler? No, we haven't done. No, but we were talking about it when uh, on House on Haunted Hill when they did... Um, it's a good film. Emerge. Yeah. It's really weird. The whole concept is really just like, what can we come up with that kind of everyone can relate to we can make a horror film out of and everyone went what about that chill you get up and down your spine <laughs> like oh, let's yeah, just exactly. go from there then it took a load of fucking mushrooms three hours later they had a script made and they were making the film I don't know if it was three hours later a few hours later then uh-huh. yeah. but anyway yeah. anyway we should do it sorry Resonance yeah we should curse. do it Um. so I think William Castle, he got uh, kidney stones, gallstones, was the first one. That was a couple of months in, maybe, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was part of the curse, but I know Frank's, Mia Farrow and Frank Sinatra got divorced while this was being filmed. Yeah, that's part of my next thing. I've got some okay. funny details. All right, that. we'll swipe yeah, that, that away. One of them. Some guy, and I can't remember who he was, uh, one of the crew maybe, fell ill and then went into a coma and died three months later. Yes. Just like the guy in the film went into a coma. Yes. That was at a party. They were Blum messing God. around and he fell like four foot. Yeah. Um, what the fuck was the other one? Sharon Tate's oh. murder. Manson oh, of course. Murder. Yes. Polanski's missus. She got murdered in that by a... Uh, some dude, don't know who he was, but and there you uh, go. William Castle didn't work on any of the films after this, really. Did he not? I don't think so. I think uh, was it him? I'm sure, it was him that felt his career had been cursed by it as well. Oh, okay. Oh shit. No, I'm, no, I'm sure he did a couple more after this. I'm probably just talking oh, rubbish okay. then. Well, he definitely got the old fucking kidney stones or whatever they were. Gall gallstones. He and Outrocks. Yeah. He's got the hard wee. Yeah. I've just got one more. Okay. Uh and it's kind of about the Sinatra Mia Mia Farrow thing. So this film was being made at a time when Mia Farrow, who was twenty three, was married to Frank Sinatra, who was fifty two. What? Yeah. It's a big age gap, that. It is. Um, and Sinatra was making a film called The Detective, which was a film based on a novel at the same time that Farrow was making Rosemary's Baby. Right. The novel sequel to The Detective, by the way, was called Nothing Lasts Forever and was later turned into a film called Die Hard uh, with the character's name changed to John McClane. So Frank and Bruce Campbell, sorry, Willis, played the same character... What? So the detective who Frank Sinatra plays in The Detective is basically the same character as the person that Bruce Willis plays in Die Hard. What? 
it's just Sinatra did the first novel and the second novel was adapted into Die Hard. Sorry, second novel? Yeah, second novel was adapted oh into Die Hard. Goodness. I know, that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? fucking good. Sinatra so Sinatra is John McLean. Basically, yeah. But wow. there's like different takes on there. Because one was made, obviously, in 68 and one was made in like 88, something like that. 88. Yeah! Wow, that's that is that's probably literally the best fact we have ever had on this podcast. I, when we did, when you chose this film, I was like, I'm putting that Sinatra fact in there. <laughs> that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, I've not well seen done. the detective. Is I know for a fact he plays nothing like John McClane. Doesn't say yippee guy, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to be wearing a wife beater. <laughs> no, for a start. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be doing any of that. Every time he kills someone, he's like, I did it my way. <laughs> hey, come out to the coast. Have a few beans. <laughs> Have a few whiskeys. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Anyway. Oh, shit. Mia Farrow was supposed to be in The Detective. That's why I bring that up, apart from the fact I want to shoehorn that fact in. Um, with Sinat... Sinatra, but Rosemary's Baby was taking longer to get going following delays, and Farrow risked missing the start date for recording the detective. They were going to overlap. Sinatra was getting pissed off. He was getting on the phone to Polanski, trying to get it sorted in a commanding manner. You know, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse type kind of way, I think. And uh, he was also getting annoyed with Farrow. Mia Farrow was told how well the Rosemary's Baby film was going to be received and that this was a lead role rather than the lesser role she would have in the detective and she may also have been up for an oscar because it was already being lined up as a success so she dropped the sinatra film their marriage collapsed mia farrow went on to do this film she didn't even get nominated for an oscar but she was well known because of this film then she had a long-term relationship with woody allen and they had a son, Ronan Farrow, who looks a lot like Sinatra. That's all I'm saying. Wow. About that. Woody Allen? Woody Allen. And check out, I mean, is that harsh to do? Check out pictures of Ronan Farrow. And he's... I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a definitely look. definitely looks a lot like Sinatra. I'm, I'm not saying he's Sinatra. He could have had work done to look like Sinatra. Who knows? Definitely yeah, but... doesn't look like Woody Allen. Yeah, if he looked like Woody Allen, you're going to know he's looking like Woody Allen. Yeah. It's going to be a uh, short little... Farrow and Sinatra did have a few uh, liaisons, apparently, for the the rest of Sinatra's life. Yeah, of course. Until he was an old, old man, and it was a (laughs) 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 no-go. That means we don't work. Let's just say he didn't die hard. (laughs) Even when his wife tried to beat it. That was a wife beer thing. <laughs> was Sinatra a wife beer? No, because John McClane wears a wife beater, oh. even if his wife's beating it. Uh, okay. Yeah. True. I thought you were getting him mistaken with Bing Crosby. <laughs> was he wife beater? <laughs> oh, no. Apparently he was a... beating his kids up. Who knows? Oh, it's all kid, speculation. Kid Fucking hell, the 60s, man. Crazy time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Right, I'm done with uh, Frightening the Lights. So I'm either going to 
sit back and see what you got that is either shit or average. It's not like, yeah, exactly. It's going to be average, I think, because I was trying to find something really amusing, but I couldn't find anything really amusing. So I think it's just depressing instead. Okay. That's what we're all this about. This is quite modern. What? That's what That's we're, what all, we're about. all about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this. Right. Here we go. I've got a list. Right. Armand's family. Have you heard of them? The what family? It's very re- Armand. They're called the Armand's family. No, I've not heard of them. The frightening ordeal of this family with paranormal forces began in 2014 when clouds of flies accumulated near their house walls emanated creepy no- Oh, sorry. Accumulated near their house. Walls emanated creepy noises and wet footprints appeared on their floors. The mother believes spirits were preying on their three children as she reported her son of walking up a wall backwards and across the ceiling, another one smacked across the room, and a daughter levitating while being unconscious. Damn, the kids apparently spoke moonwalk. Be- what? Moonwalk? Doing the anti-gravity moonwalk. Yeah, I don't think they were touched by... Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> how how many guys are, are we going to uh, tear apart this, this episode? Just keep them coming. <laughs> The kids apparently spoke in grave tones, giggled evilly, rolled back eyes in their heads, and upon investigation, authorities got convinced of demonic possession. The family had to move after the exorcism, as 200 demons still lurked in the area. Who that counted was 2000 them? And f- uh, yeah, I don't know. The fucking priest or something. It's mental. 200. 200. <laughs> Uh, no, it could. It's not 197. I've double checked. <laughs> no, it's definitely 200. If 200 all the could the just fucking... line up for me against that wall. <laughs> yeah, 200 on the dot, and this is 2014. Okay, this is seven years ago. Right, there's another family called the Schmurls family. This family's traumatic experience is dated in 1974 when the house started emitting nasty odors. Their dog got smacked across the room. Children were shoved down the stairs and the members got attacked physically and sexually. Paranormal investigators concluded that the house harbored a potent, spiteful spirit as the exorcisms failed time and again. Eventually, consistent prayers and rituals were able to diminish the power of the demonic entity. Fair enough. I don't really believe in any of this sort of no. possession and stuff. Do you? No. I'm here for it. I'd like to see it. I want to touch it, and I want to be there when something like that's happening. You just don't believe it's ever happening? Um, Something whiffs of bullshit in a couple of these. Because yeah. I think in the first one, I think it's just this woman beating her kids. Yeah, the one you just said sounded like someone's farting a lot and blaming it on the dog and then beating up the dog. Beating up the dog and the child. Oh, social services come around. The children were shoved down the stairs miraculously by something. I think this is just abuse, isn't yeah. it? And the mum and dad are going, nah, we're fucking haunted here, mate. Demons? Have we got demons? Mate, you won't believe 200. 
200 deer. They're always smacking my kids about when they <laughs> won't fucking put their pants on. What do you expect when you've got Fuck 200 me. demons? There's always going to be a bad apple among them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Here's a more, here's a more colourful character and quite funny. Okay. As opposed to the last two. Okay. Uh, the serial killer who made New York terror-stricken in 1976 went by Son of Sam or the 44 caliber killer. Reports confirm that six people died and seven got wounded in the summer of Sam. After he was taken into custody, he confessed all his crimes and asserted that a demon resided in his neighbor's dog. Oh. Dog ordered the killing. Incarcerated with six life sentences, he admitted to being part of a satanic cult and perpetrating the murders as a ritual offering. To so that's dog. quite a nice one. That's literally not child abuse. That's just going out shooting. Son of Sam. Serial killer shooting people. Yeah, David Burke. see that as yeah. a nice, snuggly, warm story, do you? As opposed to the other two, which are under underlying very horrible child abuse, I think. And they're going, oh, no, it was just this fucking ghost. Don't blame the ghost, even if it's not real, or if it is real. Yeah, but Son of Sam was blaming the ghost as well. A demon. A dog demon. Yeah, he was blaming a dog. And he was just going out and killing, like, grown people. Or teenagers, whatever. He wasn't just hitting his his child and going, oh, look, black eye again, it's it's a ghost. Not my hand. It's a ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Right, see if you could... This is a true story. See if you can... They're all true stories, but see if you can guess what film this true story is based on. The Perone family. Soon after, the Perone family moved into their dream house in quaint Rhode Island neighborhood in 1970, the haunting began. The large family immediately began to experience odd and terrifying happenings. guys. Something. No. Uh, Good shout, but you've got... I'll give you two more. From some things as small as odd Paranormal sounds. No, ah. no, it's terrifying as family members being pulled from their beds. On a number of occasions, the ghost of a woman who hanged herself on the property appeared. She particularly abdor- abhorred the Perone matriarch, harassing and eventually possessing her. The paranormal investigative duo, Ed and Lauren Warren, were brought in and after evaluating the Perone situation, declared that they had been quite a few insidious things that occurred in the home. Insidious? And around the property. No. <laughs> he is in it, though. The actor is in the insidious. <laughs> things that occurred in the homes and around the property that cast a dark cloud over the entire place. Attempts to exercise the malevolent spirit from the home failed, and the family endured its torment until 1980, when they fled to Georgia. You showed out a lot of good ideas there. Amityville Horror. What? No, very good though, close, but more modern. So think of the dude who was in Insidious, but he's also in another bit, and there's loads of these films. There's a big universe of them. Nah. Ed and Lorraine Warren. We should probably do it one day, actually. I'll tell you. Do it's I The Conjuring. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, they got a few. Right, I've got one more. I've got a light hearted one. I don't oh, believe yeah, you. Got a little squirt of oil. Wait, it's light-hearted. Last time you said that, you told me uh, the story of Son of Sam in New York. 
The strange tale of Michael Taylor. A man of religion, Michael began to act out, indulged in obscenity and profanity after his wife accused him of having an affair in 1974. After exhilaration of this immoral behavior, he consulted a clergy and a 24-hour-long exorcism was performed that discharged 40 demons from his body. Just 40? Always a... Yeah, it's always a round number, isn't it? It's amateur numbers, though, isn't it? 40 is. 40 is bullshit. Yeah. You want to go back to that guy who did 200? Yeah. Dick. However, what remains freakish here is that the priests warned him of a dormant demon of murder still finding refuge inside him. So that night, upon reaching home, he barbarically murdered his wife and his poodle and then wandered down the street covered in blood oh. holding his poodle. Oh. What does that mean, Willie? Poodle. Just because you call yours your poodle doesn't mean everyone does it, Jimmy. <laughs> right, there you go. That's what I got. I see what you mean. That was very lighthearted. The, the... That one was because there yeah. was a poodle in it, wasn't it? I think it? I saw that one on CBeebies a few weeks ago when my kids were watching it. Are they possessed? Well, my kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, but with like an odd number, so I don't think that counts. 49. Oh, you might want to watch after that, boy. <laughs> They'll be alright. It's character building. Yeah, fuck, it is character building. You're right. That's what I said. <laughs> I said that earlier today about something, but can't remember it now. Fuck it. <laughs> Probably like getting stabbed. I don't know. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gonna do some kind of rating system. No, because we're gonna do uh, Master of Macabre first. Good shout. I'll uh, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> 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 oh, beautiful. Master. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're going to decide between us who deserves the special tannish root smoothie to help their health and who deserves to go without, which would probably actually be better for them, seeing as we know what that smoothie is doing in the film. So that was a bad intro, but still, Master of the Macabre! Yeah, yeah! It's definitely a bad drink, is it? Yeah, it's got that tannish root in it, which is, uh... I don't fucking know. It wasn't making uh, her healthy, it wasn't making her ill. No, I thought it was feeding up on uh, feeding Satan, though, because they wouldn't want to make her ill. I think it was feeding up the spawn, spawn of Adrian. But she was definitely yeah. ill. And yeah, she wasn't able to good she time. she got better she when she stopped it. taking the smoothie for a bit. She got colour back. Maybe it was for the, maybe it was for the demon child. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. anyway. Uh, I've only got one choice. I've only got one choice. Alright. Is one of us going to... Day after... Is what? One, one, two, three. Okay. We'll do it. You can't in. Okay. One, two, three. Robert Keanu De Niro. Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> you went Robert De Niro this time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I went Keanu Reeves. Alright. Uh, yeah, no, obviously it's Mia Farrow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves is. just said... Whoa. Yeah. And and that was his whole part. 
And I think they yeah. cut it out in the edit, didn't they? So. <laughs> well, he was in it for an hour. They cut that out. Yeah, it was like a John Wick in it around the place, wasn't he? Uh, beating up uh, devils. Yeah, he kept coming out of that telephone box with the other blonde-haired yeah. dude. Alex Winter, time travelling back through time, beating up devil worshippers. Oh, and uh, he was surfing at one point as well, wasn't he? With uh, yeah. Patrick Swayze. So, yeah, that was good. Bill and Ted's sight. Satanic 60s of journey. Point break version. Then it turned out it was all a fucking computer simulation. <laughs> Weird <laughs> film. No wonder they cut it wow. all. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's Mia Farrow. Obviously. She, uh, yeah, she was really good in this film. She ate raw liver. Very good. And she was a vegetarian. Yeah, She gave that up for a few minutes. So, dedication. She walked out yeah. to New York traffic for that scene where she jaywalks across the road. Polanski... Yes, that was real, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Polanski told her she'd be fine because no one would hit a pregnant woman, and obviously she made she was made to look pregnant. And uh, Polanski yeah. had to do the camera work for that because no one else would do it. Yeah, fair play. Very well done. So that's Mia Farrow. She wins. Yeah, absolutely. She's still alive. She is seventy. 475 I checked earlier. Fucking hell. Well played. Thank you. I feel right. like I did play a strong part in her staying alive. <laughs> 74 is not that old. <laughs> send her a medal, shall we? Right, we could actually send her a medal this time. Yeah, what what shape medal are you going to send this time? Uh, A round one with some tannis root in it. Oh, yeah, nice. Actually... Because that's not real, we could send her a round metal thing in with a load of weed in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's time, Jimmy, for the Madhouse rating. System. The Madhouse rating. System. Right, like a Roman Polanski film, we're dragging this podcast out. It's the Madhouse Rating System! First up, as always, we have that... Tension and suspense. I don't know if you purposely left that for tension, or if you forgot what it was. No, I left it for the tension <laughs> yeah, and suspense. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a kind of existential tension in this film, wasn't it? It's not a film that has uh, jump scares exactly, but it has that kind of delirious fever dream quality to it that builds up the suspenseful question of is she being trapped and preyed upon or is she paranoid and delusional? Yes. Is she, yeah, exactly. Is she paranoid? Is Is this all in her head? Is she actually pregnant or... Is she actually pregnant with Satan's spawn or whatever they've done to her? Or is she just having a very, very bad time and she's just got, oh, it's the 60s. This silly woman, she's just being a bit silly. And it? Yeah. It's going a bit crazy. Like, yeah. calm down, woman. Sit down. Like, that kind of thing. You need to take back what you said or I'll have to put you in an asylum type thing. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Stop talking well, about this. We'll that. get your help. We'll just put you in an asylum. Yeah. That sucks. We know it's shit. Yeah. They'll electrocute you and give you a load of drugs that make you just foam at the mouth. Yeah. It's the 60s. Have you not seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? <laughs> it's 
got Jack Nicholson in it as well, that one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tension suspense. I, I, do you know what? I'd probably give it one because it does. I mean, it's two hours and 17 minutes long. I, I think it deserves one. I was yeah, ill I when I watched does. this, by the way. Okay. Like, pretty, like, can't move off the sofa, watch three films in a day. Oh, uh, yeah. So I watched this again. And that was an yeah. interesting experience. So I, I would give it one. I gi- yeah, absolutely. I'd give it, yeah, 100%. One, one for that. All right. Um, okay, one star. Right. Okay, number two is gore and visual effects. Pretty good. Not not much gore, but they uh, right. made Mia Farrow look absolutely at death's door when she was deep in the grip of Tannis root smoothies. Lots of decent tracking shots with no cuts, including the showing around the apartment and the phone booth, phone booth scenes, uh, which is a very well made famous scene. And if this gets a star for gore and visual effects, it will more likely be for the filmmaking in general, like the visual effect of the shots and the, yeah, the I... artistry rather than the heads being chopped off. Because there weren't any heads yeah. being chopped off. Yeah, I mean, that the girl fell out the window from the seventh floor yeah. and she had a bit of red on her. Yeah, That looked all right. And then there was some bad acting from the... the uh, what were the Castavets, whatever they're called. Yeah. Was it bad acting or was it Actually, good yeah, acting? you know what? At the time, I thought, well, that's shit acting. They're like, upset at all that that girl's dead. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, moving on. But, but yeah, I think the reason that she jumped is because Roman had told her that, oh, we're going to impregnate you now with the spawn of Satan. Yeah. Or she'd just been and told then... she was impregnated with the spawn of Satan. They might have taken her in or because she, she was, was a pregnant woman on her own. And it's the 60s. Yeah. So it's either yeah. find some nice people or go to the asylum, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because there's some little bits, I think, where uh, Rosemary's trying to sleep and she hears them talking through the wall. And I think the the woman's telling Roman, oh, you shouldn't have told her. You shouldn't have told her about that uh... kind of thing. So I think Roman told her that they were going to do it to her. Okay. And then she just, like, jumped out the window. Damn. Um, what was the other? Oh, uh, when Mia Farrow is looking all like haggard and ill and purple. Yeah, I'm not sure. I probably should check this. But do you think they based the um son of um Chucky and his missus? Uh, yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, very the pale. child Chuck. I can't remember what he was called, but. Literally, same haircut, same purple gaunt face. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that doll was modelled on Mia Farrow. It could be that interesting to know. Yeah, I think I'll Google that later. Show you next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring bring that back to us next episode. But I was watching it and thinking, I fucking recognise her looking like this. And I thought, oh shit, actually, it's from from one of the Chucky films when they have the kid. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I anyway. don't think I'm going to give it anything for gore and visual effects. I think there was better things you going on. You for a half. For effort. I don't even want to give it a half. Oh, okay. Do you want to give it a half? No, no. No, we'll go for nothing. I want to be quite strict and say... Okay. Uh, 
Fair right. Enough. What's What's the next one? Is it musical score and sound effects? Mm, no. Right. Is what is it? Uh, I don't know. Performance. I've, any, I've, I've got one missing out on here. I don't know when musical score and sound effects comes, but I've missed one. So pick one. Uh, what have you got? Performance. performance. I've got next. Let's go for performance then. Uh, I thought the performances were really good. Okay. I think most people did pretty well. Uh, with the exception of the scene where Rosemary met the like original neighbor girl who killed herself. That was, okay. Yeah. That was cringy and I think pretty bad scene. Something felt off there in that scene, and not in the way that it was meant to. It right. was like, first day on set, they've not met each other. Shut them in. They probably thought it was a practice. You know? Yeah, maybe. But I did how like, I did how like Mia Farrow's character just clocked her and went, oh, you look like that actress, Victoria Vetra. Yeah. Which is actually the real name of that character who was... There. That was the character's name anyway. No, it was the a- actress's name. Oh. So when they meet in the laundry room, yeah. Mia Farrow goes to Angela. Yeah. Uh, uh, she goes, "Oh, you, you look like that, um, that actress Victoria Vetra." Oh. And she goes, "Oh yeah, they tell me that all the time." But her, her, and in real life, she is Victoria Vetra. Shit. That's good exposure thought, for her. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. But people were Googling her straight away when they were watching that film in 68. Yeah. And obviously, we've got an absolute legend at the start of this film as well. Elijah Cook Jr. Who's showing him around the apartment. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. He's in loads of films. House on Haunted Hill guy, isn't he, as well? House on Haunted Hill. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he does the yeah, he's the the guy who kind of kind of owns the house in the house on Yeah. What were you giving it for I get oh. one for performance. Sorry. I've I've got one more to mention as well. Okay. This bugged me throughout the throughout the film. I couldn't place his face. But Doctor Hill, can you place his face Not what at all. film he would be that we might know? Is he the older doctor or the younger doctor? He was the younger doctor. He was the one that they went to first. She went to first. Yeah. It wasn't part of it, but in the end, sold her out to the older doctor. Yeah. Uh, no. Got a little not... tash. Nope. Not going to guess. In a million years. His name is Charles Grodin, and he's from a film, I think. People of our... I think we were probably kids when this film came out. So it would have been an older guy then. Yeah. I mean, he was born in, like, 34 or something. Which is mental. Uh, no. 35 is it? Okay, he was the dad in Beethoven. <laughs> Alright, okay. <laughs> I can't remember what the dad in Beethoven looked like. It wasn't that... Well, it's this guy, but older! Wasn't it Tom Hanks in Beethoven? No! That's fucking... Starsky and Hutch. No, the slobbery dog one. Starsky oh, and Hutch was the... Owen Wilson and... Ben Stiller. Oh, what's that fucking one then? <laughs> what's that one know. then? I have no Go idea. On. I thought it was Beethoven. Turner and Hooch. No, Turner and Hooch. I thought you'd have got. I thought you'd have appreciated that one a little bit more than me. Nat didn't appreciate that either. I didn't. Fuck you. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you, bollocks. 
<laughs> what are we giving it for performance? Well, I think they were all quite good. I thought so. I'd yeah. give it one. Yes, we'll give, give it, it one. All right, three. that's two. That is two stars. I would... Sorry, what's next? Well, we've missed one out, haven't we? We haven't so... done music. All right. It's musical score and sound effects. I probably would give it half, but then I'd probably take it away for the uh, lullabies. Yeah, lullabies are shit. Probably supposed to be eerie, but just bollocks. Like, yeah, it's got all that heavy orchestrated music all the way through it. I quite like that in a film, though. Yeah, because you don't don't actually get it nowadays, do you? No, they play more on the silence. Yeah, I quite like the uh, the dramatic. Yeah, it's like a side dish to the to the main of the film. Yeah, yeah, it really complements the film. Nowadays, they leave out the side dish. I know you can concentrate only on the main dish. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so now no. I want my curly fries, yeah. mate. Yeah, I like a side or a dip. Yeah, like a bit of dippage. Yeah, musical dippage. So. Uh... <laughs> Musicals. I like to dip my chips in some musical dips. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Because it it has that, I think we should go back up to the half. Okay, right, two and a half then. Sweet, two and a half. Rosie's baby. Right, last one then. I think is overall experience. Have we really done five, four? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we have. Yeah, two and a half out of five. Yeah, of course, we have. Stop questioning. What? Don't question it. We're on it. All right, let's go. Right, overall experience. Overall experience. Are you... Uh... I was going to come up with another food analogy. But bollocks, I can't think of one. Dessert. <laughs> was this film sweet enough for you? No. No, you're not I giving it one? I like sweet things. Oh, I, I think it's a three and a half. That's so I might give it one. one. Yeah. Um... Just think, like, I get it. They say this is, like, the godmother to, like, films like The Exorcist and The Omen and things like that, satanic films. Uh, I get it. I don't like how they were, like, witches and covens because I thought... I I quite like that. The history of the books and the history of the city and the covens that were there. I quite like that. So are they are they witches or is it satanic? I don't understand. Satanic witches. I don't think that was a thing. No, it wasn't. Thought it was either satanism or like witchcraft. Paganism y type Wiccans. Yeah. I think it was a bit convoluted. I don't know what the book's like. Maybe there wasn't words for it when the book was made. Really. I don't know. Um But you're gonna leave it it's as a long It is, are you? It's a yeah, maybe. No, let's we'll give it one. I mean, it definitely deserves more than two and a half because it's a classic. Yeah. But it's a very, very big build up for not a massive payoff. I think the payoff would have been a lot better in the day. Yeah, probably. You're, you're seeing like I think... this drama 
you see, like this family thing turns into a bit of a drama, turns into a bit of a mystery, and then turns into this. Oh my God! There's a devil baby in the cot, and it's like his eyes, his eyes, that thing. Yeah, and then, and then um, Rosemary then be- sees that and becomes more motherly. Yeah, starts it, like, oh, this is my baby. She accepts that. I think that. Yeah. This is. This is my baby. It's, it's the spawn of Satan or Hail Adrian, whoever they were calling him. Weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it was very long for that for that little payoff. But yeah, we'll give it one because I think we go three and a half. Three and a half's good. Yeah. Plus we're running out of we're we're running over time. So let's make it a oh, decision. Shit. Three and a half, baby. Well, we're Polanski-ing it, aren't we? We are. We're going to have to cut two hours out of this. I'm going to run away to Russia after this after being accused of something. <laughs> accused of what? Right. Have we got a song or something to play? Uh, No. We've got an IMDB thing to do first. Oh, have we? Then the band. Then the outro. Right, okay. Then the end. Okay. Then we're going to talk about your stag do off air. And then, yeah, uh, a few more drinks. But I'm going to pause while I choose a film. Okay. Right. I've chosen my film. Okay. It's a wild card. It's what I call a wild oh. card. Just pick something random I've not seen before. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good one to uh, either big up or take the piss out of. Right, go on then. I think you'll get it though. Ah, okay. Where'd you say where where is it? Where is it streaming? Where can we watch this film? Uh give me a little Amazon up. Prime. Okay, right, okay. Oh shit, could be anything then. Yeah, they have got some deep cuts on there. They have got some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's another way of saying it. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for the description? I do think you'll get it. Even if you don't know the film, I think you'll get the title from Right, okay. Uh, a scientist trains a man with an, with an advanced telepathic ability called scanning to stop a dangerous scanner with extraordinary psychic powers from waging war against non-scanners. Scanners? Yes. <laughs> it's just scanners, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You like the film? And hold on. Just two seconds. Just talk amongst yourselves. Ah, you're going to go and fetch a book. Literally titled The Making of Scanners and Why Joe is an Absolute Dick for Not Knowing What Scanners Was. And then you're going to bring out a box set with six different versions of scanners on it. And I'm going to feel like a right idiot because you've got seven versions of the film (coughs) on Blu-ray with a book that accompanies it. Oh, fuck. I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. You boy. (laughs) You've got a box set of scanners. Yeah. Do you have a book? Because that was my other guess. It doesn't have a book in it, but... I mean, it is. Look at that nice metallic. That's gorgeous. Finish. It is gorgeous. So that's that's exciting. Yes. Well, I've never seen this film before. Any of them. You're going to be disappointed. I thought I would be. I'd watched the trailer. No, it's good. 
you oh, again you've got to put yourself in the time but yeah you got to be ready no, for that... the type of film you're about to watch as well i'm guessing yes i yeah it's very yeah it's good it's 1981 good. i think yeah david cronenberg i never seen it it's my wild card you've got the box set i did think you'd have the book the making of scanner when you walked off but i'll get you one day right we've got a band oh with some tunes a tune right here we go it's bristol horror punks looping tooth fronted by the great tommy creep this song is called all my friends are corpses been a long time since i cared about anyone alive i've spent days and weeks dreaming of the Lupin Tooth, and if you fancy a bit of that, you can find them on their Bandcamp by visiting lupintooth.bandcamp.com, and you can get hold of their music and merch or their awesome album with Death We Come. And as for us, don't forget to subscribe to the Madass Podcast and all that bollocks. Then email Jimmy your favourite misheard lyrics to We Don't Need No Sex Vacation at Dirty Deeds Done With Cheap.com. <laughs> Jimmy and myself will see you in a fortnight for the next episode on. Yeah, boy. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs>